Hey, welcome in. It's Unanchored Boston, the podcast. Hank Morris, Bob LaBelle, Mike Lynch, and Butch Stearns. And we're brought to you by our best foods and our best meatballs. So good. George Gray's Lexington Toyota, 49 Mass Avenue, Lexington. And our good friends at Cold Springs RV. Where? That's right, in New Hampshire. Where? New Hampshire. W-E-A-R-E, New Hampshire. ColdSpringsRV.com. Hey, it's a Tuesday. It's the 4th of October. How are you gents doing? Thumbs pretty up. good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So I have a question for you guys. All right, right out of the shoot. I love it. Something happened this weekend that hasn't happened in Boston since 1992. Okay. So I'm just gonna. Is this sport? Is this sports related? Yeah, come on, but what are we? We're not talking the stock market here. <laughs> oh, thank goodness! This isn't a mensa. No, let's make sure. Let's clear up one thing. This is not a mensa meeting. <laughs> my first thought. My first reaction to that was, "What the hell did happen in 1992?" Like, you, of all the sports years you could pick in Boston, 2004, 2001. 1992. I'm just laying it out there. We don't have to decide. We don't. I probably. Lynchy, there's smoke coming out of your ears. What, what's, what's? I would up? say uh, the last time all our teams were in last place. <laughs> You're warm. You're warm. Wow. 1992. Is it, it's Red Sox related then? Well, here's the deal. I'll just say this. Since Lynchy pretty much nailed it, it's the last time that the Red Sox and Patriots were both in last place. Ah. Wow. I was close. Wow, really? Lynchy, we missed well, this we while were you were close. gone. We were, hey, you know, that was it was better than close, actually. So that was was that Rod Rust or Dick McPherson? Jimmy Williams? No, 92 was uh <clears throat> was uh Jimmy came in 96. 92 was uh who was before Jimmy? Uh Kevin Kennedy. Kevin Kennedy was 96 also. It was before Kennedy. Um, Joe Morgan was 88. So did Joe Morgan? I think it was Joe Morgan's last year. He managed five years, didn't he? And he came oh. in 88, so he had to go to 92, 93. Well, 92 wasn't as good as they thought it was going to be. <laughs> so way, way to start us off, Loby. You guys are you know, good. I'm last, telling you, that was the last place. place. I kind of thought that would, Mikey, I have to hand it to you, Lynch. Yeah, yeah. I thought that would hang on for at least 10, 15 minutes, but last time both so, the Patriots and the Red Sox were in last place. <laughs> Harvard right out of the gate. Here's the follow-up question to that then. Who gets to first place first out of those two teams quicker? The Revolution. Uh, the Red Sox. I agree with the worst to first thing, Michael. I fully agree with that. I'll just you know, be a contrarian and I'll say no, Patriots. Patriots. All right. So since we'll, I think we'll talk mostly football, do you guys agree? Why don't we bring up a couple of Red Sox things? Here we are with two games to go. Do you sign Bogarts or not? I mean, if you forget that he wants to be here and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't, the question I don't is know. not do you, but will they? Okay, will they? Well, why don't you answer both questions since you asked them? I do. And I think they will. I think that's how much he wants to be here. I think they're going to pay, overpay him, meaning that they would prefer not to pay a 30, 
two 31 year old guy, um, seven years or 20. I mean, you're shaking your head, Michael. Why? Because uh, John, well, John Henry does this every time he says, I'm not going to sign a 30, 30, 31 year old person to a multi-year contract. It's just, it's just bad business. Then they go in the tank and he signs somebody to a long-term contract, uh, Chris Sale, perfect example. And then he says, I'm never going to do that again. Well, are we at that stage where he says, I need to do it to just restore some faith with the fans? Or does he say, nope, um, the guy's going to be 30, 30 years old, 31 years old. I'm not going to do it. I can't imagine them overpaying. I'm hoping that he'll decide, okay, I'll take a hometown discount and sign for $27, well, no. when, when I say overpaying, Hank, Zero. Let, me, let me be clear about what I mean. Boris is his agent. If he goes to the market, I mean, I think we've all lived it. When somebody says to you, oh, the guy's not a $100 million player, it doesn't matter at this point. Someone's going to overpay. So they're going to have to match an offer, which means they're going to have to swallow hard if they want to keep them at this yeah. point and pay them more than they want. <laughs> it's just, it just happens every single year. The owners can't help themselves. John Henry's the perfect example, Mike, that you just brought up. He can't help himself. He doesn't sign John Lester, and he overpays by $35 million to beat the St. Louis Cardinals for David Price. Yep. So when is he going to learn? When is he going to learn? When is he going to take a step back and say, Haim, you know what? Bogarts is an exception, maybe the exception. He's been with us his whole career. He's one of the guys that wants to stay here. We don't have to question whether he's made for Boston. By the way, which is still a question for Trevor Story. I know he wasn't healthy this year, but do we know he's cut out for Boston? Trevor Story. I mean, what is the story? <laughs> it's, it's, an, it's, it's an unanswered question right now. We, we, we got to... Good sample, but not good enough. So was we Marcelo Mayer or Marcello Mayer, is he the shortstop in waiting for this team? Absolutely. So he's 19 years old or 20 years old. Do they move Story to shortstop for a year? Because they were saying he's two years away. Do they move Story to shortstop for a year or two? Not sign Bogarts and okay, take their chances? It's not. They can only go up. I don't think he's half the player he used to be. Who? Story. I mean, he's hurt all the time. His his, his average is, is in the low, you know, mid two hundreds. He's just not a he's not not what they thought he was going to be. So I'm going to sound like I'm arguing against you, but I'm not. Can, nobody, go right nobody's ahead. forget I have, his average. Forget I have a his couple average. more questions for you anyway. Go ahead. All right, forget his average, Bob. In my opinion, because nobody's hit. There's what six guys in the entire league hitting over three hundred. So if he's hitting two sixty, he's in the top echelon. Number two, he, he uh, you can't say he was hurt all the time with the Red Sox. He did have a couple injuries. One was a thumb injury. He's been hurt all the time, Butch. Well, one was a thumb injury, and in my opinion, he would have been back earlier if they were contending. So while that's accurate, it doesn't paint the whole picture. But we don't know. I agree with you. We don't know about story. You don't know what you've got. And to your point, Hank, with Marcelo Meyer, he's two years away. So I think that's part of the Bogarts conversation. Hey, Bogey. We think this kid's our shortstop of the future. Are you willing to move a second base? I don't know. I mean, again, all of a sudden, if Mayer gets here, you got Casas who's not going anywhere. You got Devers if you sign him. You got Story, you got Bogarts, and where's Mayer going to go? So that is a factor. That is a factor. 
Is anybody bothered by Monday night that um, Sander Bogarts didn't play because he was resting his back with two oh, games? I, I thought two, that was pretty bizarre. Two games to go. Pretty two bizarre. games to go in the, in the in the regular season, and he rests his back. Pretty bizarre. Are you kidding me? I He's mean, not coming back. Me? I don't. I, is, know, that I Bogart, is that Bogarts protecting himself? Yeah, free agency. Well, it's a typical baseball player, but you know, I mean, it's his agent telling him to sit out. It's a legit second guess, but I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. The guy's played hurt. The guy's played hard. Uh, he's come back and played when he shouldn't have. He's a leader, so it I raises the question, Mike. I'm not denying it raises the question. I'm just willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. We'll okay, see. So you he think he'll be? You think he'll be back one way or the other? I do. I do. I'm hoping. <laughs> Well, no, no, I'm, that's not we, – we all have hopes, but that's not what we're here. Okay, I want him back, and I'm 50-50 on whether they'll sign him or not because of everything <laughs> Mike just said, which probably means no, okay? <laughs> Sorry, I'm so wishy-washy because I want the guy back. I, I'm going in there today hopefully to talk to him, get a gauge on it. At this point, he's not going to say much. He's not coming back. I wish I could go hang around that locker room, wait for the guys to come in and walk by me. And yeah, that's a lot of fun, isn't it? <laughs> you miss that, don't you? I Mike? really miss that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, last night I went to the game last night. Doesn't that suck? That really sucked. Don't talk about being the but we we get we get let in the locker room at three thirty, Hank, and we go in there and we stand there, and then like one guy comes out of the press room, stands in front of his locker, and we all run over there, and we stand there. He says, I'm not talking. Then we go back to the middle of the room. We stand there. Someone else comes out and goes in front of the locker. And we all run over in front of that, that person. I'm not talking. Then we go, all go back and we stand in the middle. And finally, it's 4.15. You got to either stay there or go upstairs for the manager. And the rest is history. I really miss those a glamorous days. job. People think this is a glamorous job. Here's <laughs> a part of this job that you want no part of, and that's going into the locker room. Hey. All right, here's a question. No, Give here's one for you, the, Hank. Why did the, you go to Fenway last night? This is why I went to Fenway last night. You see that? Oh, you were in the front row? I was in the barnacle seats, luckily. Thank God. Mike oh, Barnacle, so generous. So right against the dugout. So I took my buddy and his 11-year-old son and his it. stepdad. We sat in those seats. And to see him, his face light up when, you know, you walk up the tunnel, you see Fenway. You know, he'd been there once or twice before. And... This is right after Terry Francona flipped him a ball in about the fifth inning, right? That was all you needed to know. Go to watch the kids tonight because it's still a magical place. It was cold. The Sox had no chance. I was excited to watch Rich Hill pitch, and he pitched very well. Had two mistake pitches. One shouldn't have occurred because of a, an error that would have ended the inning. But uh, it was still Fenway. It was still special. So that's my – You mean my Alex office. Cora when you said Terry Francona? Did I say Terry Francona? Yeah, you did. Yeah, Alex Cora. <laughs> Cora flipped him a baseball. The kid's face, I, I tell you what, it's its every kid's dream, right, to go to a ballpark and get a baseball. Yeah, that's not awesome. Easy, not easy to get one out with the screen, so you had to be sitting exactly where you were to get one. Well, we were lucky, very lucky. Thank you to Mike Barnacle. So I'm sorry, Hank, I interrupted you. You were saying you had a question or you were bringing up a point? I can't remember what it was. Uh, I get sidetracked. Yeah. What? Is there any other, before we move on to football, is there any other hot stuff besides oh I, I know what i was going to ask you this, this is off topic okay. was you talked about the difficulty of guys you know you're in there early and they go yeah we're not talking we're not talking blah blah, blah. who who were the top three guys of the last 20 years 
who were respectful to the media, no matter if it was good, bad, or indifferent. Ortiz. Um, Bogey was good. Bogey was good. Chris Sale's been pretty straightforward. He, he um, you know, I mean, I mean post game they all come out and stand in front of the TV. It, it's what we need at for the news producers who want you know get a five o'clock hit, you get a five thirty hit, you get a six o'clock a hit, you need like a couple of sound bites. Um, I think Monkey Betts was pretty good. He yeah, Monkey was pretty good. He pretty was available. accountable. He yeah. was accountable. Yep. Okay, well, in that case, and, definitely Bogertz is out of here. <laughs> Bob, who was your go-to guy? I mean, you had a lot of them. You were here a long time. Yeah, but that was back in a little different era than now. That was back before avoidance, avoid the press. Yeah. It was not, you know, that was back a ways when there a lot of, you know. When Nomar put the uh, red red tape up. Right. That kind oh, of started it. Oh, that just stunk. Was that 2003 uh, or four? That was, I that was four. Can I that ask four questions here? Yeah. Uh, besides the first question, which was really good. That was really very impressive on that one, the 1992 thing. You think Judge is going to hit 62? I don't know. Three games. I don't know. I we got two games. No, no, I want an opinion. No, they got, they got three left, Mike. They had a four-game oh, series. You're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. Yeah, they yeah. have four left. No, they have three. They had a four-game series with Toronto, uh, Texas, and they had game one last night. Okay, right. Okay, yeah. so now they have three left. Yeah. So is he going to hit it or not? Well, uh, it's been a struggle for two weeks for him. It really has. They won't throw many pitches. Um, you know, he walks a lot. Pitch to the guy. Why don't you just pitch to the guy? Especially yeah. if you're the Texas Rangers. I mean, really? Really? Pitch to the guy, for Christ's sake. You know, all lost, right. lost, let me ask this before we move off the rest of us. Lost in all this is um, – one of the great broadcasting jobs of all time. I am going to miss Dennis Eckersley. I mean, oh my goodness. Um, he just really, you know, I think for a while, for a long time, he, he, he just really, he always was himself, but he wasn't really himself. I think, I think he felt like he was encroaching on, on Remy's territory until Remy finally said, Hey, Eck, don't worry about it. You know, just, just do your thing. Be, be the guy. And he's been unbelievable. I mean, he's been unbelievable anyway, but he's been more unbelievable in the last three or four years. And uh, I'm, I'm going to miss him. I mean, they, 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 they're going to do a lot of juggling to, to get some entertainment value in, in, uh, in, that, in that seat. He's been spectacular. Bob, I know you had a, a great relationship with Eck, and you nailed it spot on, Mike, because uh, in April, I believe it was April or May, I was fortunate enough to be asked, to be on the field for the Jerry Remy ceremony. They came to us in spring training, anybody that worked with Jerry and they, as they always do, the Red Sox did a great job, but I walked out with that. And I talked to him about that. And all he kept talking about was how much he missed Remy. And, and all he ever thought about Remy was his teammate, a guy who had his back. And for as co colorful a guy as Eck is, he's a very private guy and a very emotional guy. I'm expecting him to cry five times over the next two days. But you were absolutely right with the Remy relationship, and you were absolutely right that he's going to be missed. You know, they're touting Will Middlebrooks and how good he is now. There's never going to be another act. There's just never going to be another act. You know, um, Remy told me a funny story. Um, in spring training, when they still were in Winter Haven, uh, it was ex a preseason game. Yaz got up and hit a sacrifice fly, and the runner tagged up from third and came in and scored. 
And Yaz came and sat down at the end of the dugout, lit up a cigarette. And a guy came over and, and patted him on the shoulder and says, way to go, Yaz. And Yaz looked at the guy like this. He looked at Remy and says, who the F is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> and Remy, Remy says to Yastrzemski, that's Chuck Rainey. He says, who's Chuck Rainey? He says, well, we traded Dennis Eckersley to the Cubs over the winter for him. We got him now. He says, I never knew that. <laughs> That's great. That's priceless. Okay, one more question. Since the judge thing is, you're not going to commit on that. I mean, I think he'll do it. I do too. Now you sound like me with Bogarts. You mean you're hoping he'll do it. Good one, Bush. <laughs> okay, here's the here's Listen, one. as a Red Sox fan, it's odd to root for a Yankee. Who would I'm you rooting take? him to do it. All right. Here's my question. You want to go into football? This is a good football entry question. Sure. Okay. Who would you take a quarterback, Mahomes or Brady? Right now? Or you, yeah, you're you're talking- talking- I know you're going to say that. Don't qualifying it. I'm not well, you have to. You know what? Okay. Okay. Let's qualify it then. At their peak. At their at their prime, who would you take, Mahomes or Brady? Brady. Why? Because he's already beat Mahomes in a Super Bowl for all the Super Bowls he's been to and won. You think that was a Brady beating Mahomes? He beat Mahomes in two of the biggest games of his career. He won the Super Bowl with Tampa, the team that could have gone nowhere when he came there and beat Mahomes. And he won, in my opinion, besides the Super Bowls, the greatest Patriots victory I've ever seen in person in overtime in Kansas City. And he threw three passes in that drive to score a touchdown for one simple reason. He walked up to Mahomes after the game and told him, you weren't getting the ball back. You're the next coming, kid. I wasn't giving you the ball back. So go look at that drive again. He threw passes on third downs to Gronk and Edelman that like windows that he never throws them in that could have been intercepted. So in my opinion, I got to take Brady. The numbers speak for themselves. I, I call it the bread box, bread box theory. And, and there was only one place that three of those passes could have been thrown right in the bread box. You're right. Absolutely right, Butch. It, in overtime of the game to get to the to the Super Bowl, Michael. Yep. <laughs> yep. Freezing cold. Um, and that's the game that that uh, the Patriots, this is when the Patriots, everything was just going right for them. The ball clearly looked like it hit the, the punt, looked like it hit oh, Edelman. Yeah, yeah, Edelman's yeah, 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 yeah. knee. Yeah, and yeah. They, he said, never touch me, never touch me. Go to the replay, go to the replay. Went to the replay 18 different times, and he was right. Um, just like the the pass against Atlanta in, the, in that great Super Bowl, like, you know, the ball never touched the ground. And things like that used to go right for the Patriots all the time. Why, who are you taking, Bob? Well, after watching the latest, uh, latest Mahomes effort, it's hard to say that there's been ever been a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes or a more versatile quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's hard to – Brady certainly had, did not have the mobility that Mahomes had, and Brady certainly did, the, did not have the improvisational ability of Mahomes, but Brady did have the ability that you talked about. He did have the ability to throw passes in a bread box that Lynch talked about. Well, I will say this. So I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know, Mahomes brings something totally unique. Brady, no just, Brady just added to the skill levels, the, the skill, 
how do I want to say this? The skills that were already part of the game, Brady took it to another level. Mahomes is bringing different skills that never were part of the game. Okay. I fully agree with you. The whole concussion discussion even more important because what is Brady's greatest strength? It's probably above the shoulders, right? He can do things with his brain, whether it's not panicking, stepping up, you know, his intellectual IQ about the game and certainly with his experience is unparalleled. You know, no, he can't, he was never Aaron Rodgers in his ability to move around, right? He never had the arm strength of Peyton Manning. And now you look at Mahomes, but to look, Tom Brady's brain was as important as his arm. And, you know, tying that into the whole concussion discussion, wouldn't, wouldn't you agree that sometimes the guys like Mahomes who scramble, they're fascinating to watch, but it's oftentimes not good for their long-term uh, health or longevity in the league? The thing, to me, the thing to me that made Brady different is not only the winning, but how he did it. There was, like Michael Jordan, like Tiger Woods, there were so just so many moments. It's not just one where he came up, was on the field in a key moment, and you just knew he was going to deliver. But he did. It was visible. It was it was visceral. It was you could feel it, and he did it over and over again. Look at the game last week against Green Bay with no receivers. They had no chance being in that game, and it came down to the final play only because it was Tom Brady on the other side of the ball. And by the way, Bob, Brady would agree with you with Patrick Mahomes. He's unique, he's different, and he's the next coming. Brady would agree with you, which gives him the nod. I think the debate now is Mahomes versus Josh Allen, because that's a good one. That's fair. I think that's – but also the Patriots, I thought this last Sunday against Green Bay, did a really good job of keeping Rodgers off the field as long as they could. Yeah. Don't let him beat you. Don't let him don't put the ball in his his pocket. I'm surprised that that, uh, that Green Bay didn't win the toss and take the ball down and score. Uh, the Patriots actually had a chance from their own 48 or 49 yard line. I think um, they got their hands on the ball once, and that was it. Is anybody else a little uncomfortable with the Bill Belichick Aaron Rodgers relationship? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> It's oh, uh, wait a minute. Explain yourself, Butch. Well, I'll, I'll just from a sports from a sports perspective, I got to give Felger credit. He said this, but I was thinking it. He said it yesterday. He read the quotes out loud that Bill said about Rogers after the game. We did our good job, but he was just too good. He did this. He did that. He goes, "Let me substitute Brady's name." Did you ever hear Bill talk about Brady like that? And the answer is no. Yeah. Was that and a subtle shot it. at Brady? No, I, no, no, I get it. Bill never talked, never was over the top and effusive in praise about his own players until they're going in the Hall of Fame, Patriots Hall of Fame or whatever. At, before that, he just never did it. And maybe there was a part of it. But he's like, he's got this crush on Aaron Rodgers. I, I mean, it's, it's a man crush. It's good. I mean, I... That embrace after the game was a little, a little uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. I thought he was going to kiss I really did. <laughs> you know what you guys said? Okay, in the Belichick press conference, when he goes day to day to day, day to day to day. Yeah. What more do you want me to say? Day I, by day. You want day me to read day. the Let's MRI? Say. I'm not a doctor. I can't read. You want me to read the MRI? No, I'm not. <laughs> where's where the, you, no. All right. So where does that rank with Belichick's um, Belichick-isms or Belichick press conferences? Where does that one rank? Well, to yeah. me, there's honestly. Well, here's what he, 
my question is, let's, let's extend that conversation. And I agree, Michael. Hang on just a second. That's, you're right. Where does that rank? So the question said, or Belichick said, what do you want me to be? Or what do you think? And I think somebody in the, uh, in the room should have said, you want to be a stand-up comic is what you really want to be. <laughs> you just don't know how to be one. <laughs> to me, in Belichick-isms, there's on to Cincinnati and yeah. sort of everything else. That's well, really day, day by day is, is, is up there right now. Yeah. Day, day by day. Let me think. Is up there. Um, Hank, uh, I just oh, Mo Mona Lisa Vito was pretty good. Yeah. Yes. Um, no it, kidding. It's it very good. Um, no days off. Do your job. But they only did that, like, you know. But on Cincinnati, is, everybody used it. People, both gen women use it, men use it. You know, we're on to. Uh, uh, Pratt Whitney, we're on to uh, you know, uh, Goldman Sachs. You know, uh, they they use it for everything, everything. Right. You know, you know, we're, we're on to the eleven o'clock news. Change uh, of seasons. Just my wife uses it if she makes a decision that I don't like with, and she's like, yeah, yeah, we're on to Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> well, One of the all-time great. Well, it's like, a, it's like somebody else's name. Let me tell you what I've learned from you guys. It's like we're on to meatballs with our best foods. Thank you very much. See? You know what? And good. And I have my meatballs. So as if we talk about this, let's choose our meatballs because our best foods and our best meatballs. Nothing better. And time and time again, people just stop me. They mention it. I'm sure it happens to you guys as well. They say, "Wow, we can't believe how great these meatballs are." Because you think of like all oh, like the North End and homemade Italian meatballs. That's what they are in a bag in the frozen food section at your local grocer. So the best thing you can do is go. Our best foods, download the coupon, and then go to your favorite local grocer, walk to the frozen food section. And Lynchy, who do you look left and look right for? Pablo Belt, the smiling chef. That's right. Always there. He's always smiling, like a dedicated New England sports fan. He's just like, please come get me. You need me and I need you. And our best meatballs, they're so, so good. I, you know, I wish I had to. Rolls filled with meatballs last night to keep my hands warm at Fenway Park because there's nothing better than a nice, hot meatball sub filled with our best meatballs. They're just so, so good. So go to the website, ourbestfoods.com, download that coupon, and go stock up for the rest of the season. You'll be glad you did. And it's nice, you know, when people come over during the holidays, let's face it, we're not that far off, you know, or, or they surprise you and, you know, you're like, oh, what do we got? You always have a bag of those, and they'll always be good. You can always serve them. Doesn't matter if it's uh, the day after Thanksgiving, Christmas dinner, New Year's Eve, doesn't matter. Our best foods and our best meatballs. And I did have a meatball of the week. I was going to say Antonio Brown, and we can talk about him a little bit later, but just because I don't like him and it's always fun, John Harbaugh going for it on fourth <laughs> down instead of kicking that field goal. It's so much fun to watch the Ravens lose. It just is. Well, okay, I would argue with that particular point, but I don't. I not the fact that you have a meatball of the week because that that was my next question, and Butch usually brings it up. But I thought Harbaugh did the right thing. I mean, you're on a second, you're on the, the two yard line, and you got Lamar Jackson as your uh, as your quarterback. Why wouldn't you go for it? Well, well, statistically, you're right. Statistically, it said that they were better off going for it. But I just like to see him fail. Well, there's one thing in the argument that people always don't often bring up that wouldn't win the game. It didn't win the game. The bills were getting the ball back. The bills were still going to come down the field. And if you go by what happened after that, that field goal wasn't going to win it anyway. Buffalo was probably going to score a touchdown. So, so you need points. 
No, I, I agree. I agree. He decided not to put the points. That tells me how much respect he has for Josh Allen. That tells me if he made that decision, he's saying, we got we to score a touchdown here. We got to force that guy to score a touchdown. <laughs> right? So. I think I, I'm at, so Butch, you, you think it was the right call. I do. If you're in Baltimore, you're, you're not. I, do, I agree. Well, again, I'm going to ride the fence, but <laughs> I agree with both of you. I do think it was the right call, but I agree with Hank that I like to watch John Harbaugh lose because it's not an isolated call. Harbaugh likes to beat his chest and say, I'm a football coach. That's the right call. Hey, I'm going to do that every time. Yeah, well, most of the times it hasn't worked for you, John. So it's time for a mea culpa. If you got that quarterback and you're two yards away from the end zone uh, and two yards away from a win, why wouldn't you go for it? Well, it's not the win. It put them ahead, and you were giving the ball back to Josh Allen. You weren't going to win it. Well, if you were going to score a touchdown, you were. No, you are going to make Allen have to go down the field and score a touchdown. Well, that's different. Right. And I get my meatball. It's Bill Belichick. I just – I. I can't. See, Butchie, we give we give bad meatballs. Butchie gives. No, I'm giving a, I'm giving a bad one this week. Oh, you are. Oh, I can't. I, someone explain to me, Kendrick Bourne. I mean, again, he's not Tom Brady, but isn't it visceral? <laughs> isn't it real? Every time this guy's on the field, he does something, yep. and it makes you say, "That's the best playmaker they have right now." What? And he got three touches last week when the first pass of the game was to him <laughs> from Brian Hoyer. Doghouse. I don't. Well, okay, great, Bill. Then you can't have it both ways. You can't be the guy who quote does what's best for the football team and benches Malcolm Butler and won't play Bourne right now when it's clear to everybody he's the best weapon on the team. Who do you start next week, Butch? As quarterback? Yeah. Well, it's Bailey Zappi because nobody else is healthy. I mean, if if Mac is ready to go, he goes. Well, he's not going to be ready to go. It's, it's Why do we know that? What do we really know about Mac? <laughs> you know, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's got a high ankle sprain. What about Hoyer? Why wouldn't he go? Well, he's in concussion protocols. And after the Tua thing, I don't think guys are coming back early off concussion protocol. That, that, that's my meatball, by the way. The, uh, the, the doctor said it was okay for Tua to go out and play. It's a pretty easy one. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure, but he's unemployed at the moment. He is. <laughs> Maybe it's we can send believe- him a bag of meatballs. I don't think he's a doctor, though, was he? I don't think he was a doctor. No, he just plays one on TV. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> that's what he, he did. Was, that was his I job. don't think he was a doctor. I think he was a, neuro, neuro, uh, a consultant. Oh, well, I mean, what whatever, whatever. Yeah, let me tell you what his title is now. It's Fall Guy. <clears throat> That's what his right. title is. Right, exactly. <clears throat> well, both sides, right? The owners and the uh, Players Association had the right to remove that person if they so chose, right? Mm-hmm. That was their right. So it didn't matter right or wrong. And I didn't read anywhere specifically uh, his egregious omissions during his testing. Did you? They just said he missed a few things. Somebody was going to get the axe for that. Yeah, decision. it's clearly the fall guy. Did you give no, your meatball, Hank? Did, oh, you gave Harbaugh, right? We all did, I gave right? Harbaugh. Lynchy? Oh, you gave... Uh, the doc. You gave the doc, right. Can, can I add a, 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 a positive meatball? Because I do have a meatball, too. Because it's on this thing. You, I think you guys know Chris Nowinski, right? 
Nope. I'm, I'm actually really yes. good friends with Chris. I've been known him for a long time. Awesome guy. But he's the prominent guy now. Did we, I think we all saw this. His tweet before the game last yep. Thursday night. How yep. about a bag of meatballs as a compliment for him? He goes on before the game and says, if Tua Tungavailoa plays tonight and gets hurt, there are multiple people in the NFL and involved in this process that should be fired. And that's exactly what happens. It's you get lumped Bennett, uh, Dr. Bennett Omalu. Is that how you pronounce his name? Um, the movie was based on him, Concussion, um, who came out and said, so. you know what? If I was Tua, I would never play another football game again after I saw what happened to him the last two weeks. $20 billion is not enough to replace a healthy brain. Well, we're talking we four brains right here. I mean, well. Well, I think it is. <laughs> hey, um, you know what? Back to uh, Pars uh, Parcells. Um, I have a meatball. Can I throw in my meatball? Yeah, sure. sure. It means not. This is like my meatball goes to the fishermen in Ohio, in Lake Erie, Ohio, in the walleye tournament that put lead weights and frozen fish inside their catch to make them heavier so they'd win the tournament. <laughs> I mean, you talk about Alex Cora cheating by beating a drum and telling what the pitches come, but this takes it to another level. They have fish actually live in Lake Erie? Yeah, they have walleyes. They were wall walleyes, like kind of pike. Are you kidding me? That's fairly clean, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, it's another, you know, it's like being in the ocean without the salt. Knowing the right? I'm just saying, Lake Gary, they had a fishing tournament, and <clears throat> these guys won by catching these walleyes and they put lead weights in it. That's what they get for building the stadium by the ocean, Bob. That's I'm what just they saying get. that's my meatball of the week. That's a good one, Bob. And I also read now they're that's facing I don't care. I know you might be sarcastic about it, but it was a good one. No, I thought it was a great one. I was fascinated by the story, and they're facing criminal charges. Well, there you go, and they should. For fraud against okay, the so fish. That's, that's the end of that. <clears throat> oh, fish in the yeah, right, right. Okay. I'm just saying that. Okay. It could have been now, any one of the five lakes, but. You know, um, one of the reasons that Belichick was uh, hugging uh, Aaron Rodgers for so long, and he usually, he usually comes over and says one word and turns and he's gone. He's out of there. He lost the game in overtime, but he knew that he was a never going to coach in Lambeau Field again, B, never going to coach against Aaron Rodgers again. Was that the fifth or sixth time he's played against Rodgers? Uh, yeah. One of them, yeah. Yeah. And um, so uh, he really hung in there for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, Belichick is, if anything, he's, he's a lover of history of the game. And I think that that meant a lot to him, but, you know, going and playing, you know, Aaron Rodgers uh, in Lambeau on a Sunday night. And that, is, by the way, has turned into the most beautiful stadium in the NFL. They've now it, it's completely uh, symmetrical. It's like a perfect oval, and holds eighty-one thousand people. You know, it used to be bits and pieces, an open end, an upper deck, missing an upper deck, but now it's completely symmetrical all the way around. Yeah, it and looks it, like it looks like the big house in Michigan now. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Unbelievable. You know, Mike, you, you, you know what, actually, but you have to know what Belichick said to Aaron Rodgers. But he, as you know, as he, he put buried his head in Aaron Rodgers' uniform, get a haircut. No, well, he might have said that, but I think he said, 
how can I get in those Allstate commercials? <laughs> can you get me in one of those Allstate commercials? You know, Mike, you because you're doing the subway thing. See, I thought he said, why did you break up with Danica Patrick? Yeah, I was just thinking that too, Hank. <laughs> but, Mike, I always love when you talk about Belichick because you were close to him for a long period of time and did the show with him. And I think I think you'll agree with me on this. The sad part for me, for all the Belichick-isms and the fans that just love it because they, you know, we're the bad guys and they love the, the way he treats us. The sad part to me is there's a different side of Belichick, the historian side, the sarcastic side that people would love if he showed it. They would love, but he never shows it. He never lets that guard down. Yeah. And, and Aaron so, said back to Bill, he said, they're really state farm, Bill, not all state. That's why you're not getting in the car. <laughs> 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 Who, who's been to, now I, I'm, 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 this is a loaded question because I've been to Lambeau, I think, I think three times, maybe four. Um, have you guys been to Lambeau? Never yeah. been, Mike. One of the places I've never been. And, and the Bob? fortunate I've been to been in a lot of them, but. I was there a couple times, one yeah. with a, in a preseason game. Yep. Uh, it was really funny. At a pre, the preseason game that we did when Parcells was the coach, we also went out there with Gino Capaletti to do a, a game with the Boston Breakers. But anyway, that's beside the point. It was uh, it's an amazing place, actually. It really was. But it wasn't. Not, it was nothing like it is now. I walked in. The Parcells was there the first time. Was coaching the first time. And I was I was doing the game. Um, I was a sideline. No, I was actually I actually did the play by play because Don Cricky was doing the Olympics. Is this a so, preseason game? Yeah, yeah, that was the first time. And so um, I, you know, get off the bus and I was walking around underneath and I didn't walk down at field level. I walked into that little uh, when you come about ten or fifteen rows up, and I just walked in there and it was the exact. Same feeling I had walking up the ramp behind home plate at Fenway for the first time with my dad in 1960. And I really didn't know what I was looking at, but Ted Williams was playing at the time. But when I went to Lambeau, I walked up and I walked in and I could hear the, the, the ghosts of Lombardi, Paul Horning, Jim Taylor, Bart Starr. And I just stood there and I was just, I had goosebumps. And I hear this voice about 10 rows behind me says, Kind of gives you goosebumps, doesn't it, Lynch? And I turned around and sitting all by himself was Bill Parcells doing the exact same thing. He said, this place is unbelievable. I've been to every single National Football League stadium. No place gives me goosebumps like this place does here. And I, and I agree with him. I, I just looked at the place and I just had to chills the entire time I was there. And I went back maybe two or three, uh, two or three other times and, um, it was the same. It was spectacular. Hank, were you ever there? I've never been, no. <coughs> but no, you know, it's, yeah, go ahead. No, you finish your thought. I was just going to say, Mike, it's interesting you say that because as I was thinking about it, there's a lot of baseball stadiums, a couple indoor places, you know, the Boston Garden, others. But in football, you know, football stadiums are mostly <coughs> the same. I mean, I remember feeling that the first time I went to Soldier Field a little bit. But they're not. It's unusual to have a football stadium. So I would say that Lambeau Field stands on its own when it comes yeah. to that. You know, the Coliseum in L.A., um, uh, the the Niners Candlestick had its own. But they 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 didn't have any. Nothing was close. Nothing in in football was close to Lambeau. I don't well, think. They, and and, and they, never, they never built a new one 
to replace this one. Other places have, have you know, the Texas Stadium. They've had uh, the Cowboys have had a couple of stadiums now. Uh, the, the, the 49ers have had a couple of stadiums. But this one has always been Lambeau Field. And you still can park in a neighbor's uh, backyard. <laughs> well, probably 50 bucks now. But you used to be able to, like, the, the woman's, like, putting her laundry, laundry up. And she's, you know, with one hand. The other hand, she's grabbing 10 bucks from somebody to park in her yard. And it's unbelievable. That, that, that it is so close, it, it, the parking lot borders a neighborhood. Yes. And there's no big wall up there, no barbed wire fence. There's just, you just park there and you walk in. They have great food. They have a great tradition uh, in the in the preseason where the players come out and they ride a kid's bicycle across the street to the practice field. So they're, they're, there's Lambeau Field, a parking lot, and then there's the Don Hudson facility, which is where they practice. And they, uh, the player gets the helmet, and the, these 300-pound guys are hopping on these little bikes, and they ride across the parking lot. Where else do you do that? You know, except for Green Bay. It's, it's, it's Americana. It's, uh, Lynchy, I have to think that that reminds you. You used to tell the story about uh, kicking field goals in the backyard when you were growing up. Yeah. Whose yard, a, whose yard was that? The Faulkner's backyard. Uh, and they, 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 Dickie Faulkner still lives there. But it was the same. It's the same way at Lambeau. I mean, there were people putting their laundry, hanging their laundry in their yard, like during a game. Like, oh, is the game going on today? Yeah, okay. And um, spectacular. The the tailgating is, you know, all bratwurst and the, uh, you know, not worst. And it's uh, it's really really good. It's cool. So you know, that might be a nice thing. We talk about the Lobie Cruiser. You yeah. Know, going to the Halls of Fame. You know, if that's a place you haven't been. Butchie, maybe you pack up the dogs and the kids. You go up to Cold Springs RV in Ware, New Hampshire, W-E-A-R-E, Ware, New Hampshire, and you rent yourself an RV and go out to the frozen tundra at Lambeau Field. And it's been cold outside. you got to start thinking about winter. Cold Springs RV has winter storage for only $50 per month. Beautiful. Everybody can afford that. And before you put your unit into storage, try their not pro to do it. RV service. not to do it. That's a good point, Bob. Thank you. They offer winterizing packages for all makes and models. And if you want your unit to look like new for next spring, visit Cold Springs Pro RV Paint and Auto Body Team. I wonder if they work on football players. We could call up there and find out. And if you're thinking about a new RV, they still have Camptoberfest going on at Cold Springs. That's right. They call it Camptoberfest. All right. Go see the new 2023 models that are arriving daily. You know they have the best service and the best selection. So be prepared for tomorrow. <clears throat> Take advantage of only $50 a month. Or get yours all tuned up and ready for next year. Winterized. Maybe even think about a brand new 2023. Cold Springs RV in Ware, New Hampshire. That's right. W-E-A-R-E, New Hampshire. Right? Ware, New Hampshire. Beautiful, beautiful fall ride through the foliage, too. ColdSpringsRV.com. And tell them the guys from... Unanchored Boston sent you. Yeah, it's a special place uh, with special products for special people. Nice. So, Hank, perhaps if, perhaps if I wasn't thinking of a new RV and I was thinking of a new Toyota, where might I go for that? Well, that's a good question. And a lot of people don't know, but we know. And Which? Bob and Lynchy and I and several others have known for a long, long time. That would be George Gray. Uh -huh. Lexington Toyota. It's at 409 Massachusetts Avenue, LexingtonToyota.com. That family, the Gray family, 
has owned a Lexington Toyota for over 50 years. It's all about service. They have the best service. They always win awards for the very best service. Because of who they are, they get better selection than anybody else. And because they are a one-of-a-kind family, and I know a lot of people, they always tease me like, oh, the Gray family, right? You're always talking about the Gray. They are a one-of-a-kind family, and I think you guys would agree, right, about the, the yeah. character and the type of people that they are? Yep. Right, Bob? Things yep. they do quietly for people? No question about it. I was going to do another segment called the George Gray Pick of the Week. Well, let's do that because <laughs> George Gray would be okay, here's the Pick pick of the Week. Will Hoyer or Zappy beat the beat the Lions? Well, think about this: the Lions have scored more points than any team in the NFL. More this than year. any, hundred and forty. They've given up more than any, hundred and forty-one. <laughs> <laughs> so Jared Goff is going to throw four touchdowns, but three picks. If you go by that, um, I mean, I think they're three-point favorites, right? Who the Patriots? Yeah, no, I think they're on. Uh, are they? Yeah, they were two. What I saw last night, but I think the Patriots are going to win. I don't know if you guys feel this way. It's probably you're a little such a homer. I love you so much, but you're such a homer. no. And I'll tell you why. Let me make the point. Is he a homer or what? With me? No. So were you guys okay? Number one, I want to go back to the Green Bay game. Number don't one, get, were you rooting, were you rooting kind of rooting for Belichick? to win that game when you consider it was kind of old school football, the rookie quarterback came in, they had the image of him on the sideline talking to the kid in his face. They started running the football and the Packers couldn't stop it. I mean, I was rooting for Belichick to win in Lambeau field and win that type of game. Am I the only one? How about the video of his father? Uh, right. Between the punt for a touchdown. I never, I never seen that video before in my life. Right, me neither. But were you guys rooting for him to win the game, so to speak? Sure, or absolutely. I mean, it, wasn't it one of the most entertaining losses we've seen in a long time? And that game was well, it was, un it was unexpected, certainly, number one. Number two was unexpected times two because Brian Hoyer wasn't there, right? Who right. really thought Bailey Zappi? I, matter of fact, I had to ask my buddy, I go, how do you pronounce his last name? Is it Zapp or Zappi? Right. You weren't the only one, Hank. So, Bob, here's why I'm saying they're going to beat the Lions. I was worried about his first name, not his last name. <laughs> Sometimes name, name, name two other guys in Boston sports history who have a first name or a last name of Bailey. Bob Bailey, Bailey Howell, Bailey Howell. Bailey Howell. There you go, right there. That's the only ones. No, it's the only two I could have. Bailey Howell, oh. boy number eighteen, before uh, Dave Collins did. Well, Barnum and Bailey, they were here in a circus. <laughs> That's right. No, that was one of them was the Tufts. That was the Patriots of 92 when you went back to the last piece. <laughs> right. um, I, here's why I think they're going to beat Detroit. And I know this is overstating things a little, but sometimes you learn more from a loss than you do from a win. And I think the Patriots got something out of that. I'm not saying they're going to go on and win seven games in a row. I'm just saying, I think I saw a team out there on Sunday. I mean, Belichick, we always remember the famous one. This is a stretch to compare that game in Green Bay to this one. When they got blown out in 2014, I believe it was, on Monday Night Football in Kansas City, and Trent Dilfer said, they're not good anymore. Yeah, well, they won the Super Bowl that year, and they had Brady. And at the end of the year, Belichick said, I knew in the second half of that game when those guys kept fighting, they had no reason of being in that game, that we might have had something. And I'm just saying, what I saw on Sunday – was kind of old school, kind of smash mouth. 
the way they couldn't stop the run and the offensive line was pushing people around. And when I saw the Packers defensive lineman pushing David Andrews, like after the whistle, that told me that they were getting under their skin too. So I think they're going to beat Detroit at home. I think, I think they're going to respond this week. Was there playing that game in green Bay when you thought the Patriots got really uh, conservative when they should have been a little more aggressive? Yeah. Like five or six of them. Yeah, without, without question, it's, it's just because of the quarterback. You just don't want to. You want to. You don't want to throw the game away. You don't want to put him in a position to to turn the ball over. You think uh, what you saw with Zappy versus what you've seen with Mac Jones? I mean, what were your comparisons? Oh, so you're going to bring up the Bledsoe Brady debate again? I'm just uh, what you. See? What are you really asking, Bob? What are you well, really I'm asking? asking huh? I just wanted to know your opinions about, did you see stuff with, that Zappy offered that Mac Jones didn't? No. No. No, I didn't. <laughs> That's a good way to ask the question. I didn't. I was impressed with the kid that he didn't pee his pants first overall. I was impressed with the way he composed himself. How can you not be? I was impressed in the way his teammates rallied around him, but they had to. Um, they called some different plays because they were running the ball so much that they called some play action where he had a lot of time, but I didn't, to answer your question directly, did I see anything that he did that Mac Jones doesn't do? No. And, and I don't think he has the strongest arm in the world either. Bailey Zappi. Not that Mac does either right now at this point. Wasn't that what they said about Brady? Yes. Yes. I don't know. My guys, Mike, Hank, did you see anything? Yeah, no, no, I didn't. I, I was, I had anxiety for him when I realized he was coming into the game. He didn't I turn did the too. ball over. He didn't turn oh. the ball. Right. <clears throat> Last time, uh, what's his name? Turned the ball over four times, I think, didn't he? Um, against Baltimore, Mac Jones. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, Bailey did, didn't turn the ball over. That's a good you know, answer. That's a really good answer. That's something you saw that you don't, that he didn't, that um, he had that, that Mac didn't. He was you know, a little, Mac was a little little Bledsoe like in uh, in that game. Yep. Know, get, get, Bledsoe was the king of getting the ball in the red zone and throwing an interception off the wrong foot in the end zone. I mean, Mac He's, Jones looked so good in the first half. I mean, he he played well. He threw the ball well. Well, Mike, you, you bringing up that point that he was a good game manager and never turned the ball over. I don't think there's a controversy going on in Dallas, but they've won four in a row with Cooper Rush. Yeah. And the biggest number that sticks out to me, zero picks. Right. In four games. No fumbles and zero picks. It's big. I mean, sometimes that if that can cost you six, seven minutes of possession, team gets the ball and just, just eats, eats up some clock, clock, goes down the other way. And um, it just turnovers are so, so big. They're What's so up, hard to overcome. All of, all of a sudden, how many, all of a sudden, guys named Cooper are showing up? <laughs> Actually, how many there are guys in Boston named Cooper? Cecil Cooper, Cooper Manning, Cooper Cup. That's it. I'm done. Chuck Cooper, the conjurer. Chuck Cooper. Oh, oh. done. Drop the mic, Mike. <laughs> Chuck Cooper. We the missed all this, man. Lynchy. I got to no, tell you. Chuck Connors. Oh, there's <clears throat> Chuck Connors, right? Chuck Connors. Chuck. Oh, Chuck. Down it all. Cooper. Shout Cooper. out to my cousin, Cooper Stanley. My cousin, Michael Eric. Cooper. Shout out. Shout out. Thank Hank, I'm not Hank. No Michael more shout-outs. What's wrong with what's wrong with the shout-out? I love well, it. Come on. It's just not, we all I think we should do a shout-out of the week. Doing. If we all did shout-outs, we'd be doing it the whole show for Christ. <laughs> well, speaking of a shout-out, we're 52 minutes into the show, and I've yet to mention 
the only place you can watch Sunday's game is on Boston 25. We have the Patriots again this week, Robert. Well, that's really interesting. That was, you know what? That was really, that was an interesting conversation. I didn't realize that. <laughs> well, most people don't because it's almost always on, on Channel 4. And But we got the game again because it's an NFC team coming to town. Can I ask you a quick question? Is there anybody else here? A few weeks ago, we said, hey, do you think the Buffalo Bills can go undefeated? I did. I raised that right? question. Right? And the other, they should have lost the other day, right, to the Ravens. I think that, they, I mean, they were perilously close to being two and two. Right? And you go like, ah. Right? That's why you watch every Sunday, because you don't know what's going to happen. This right? has been un- you think the un- Eagles are going to go undefeated? Un- unbelievable. I, like, I still don't think they're, they're a good team, and they were undefeated. Like, when – Usually when there's, there's an undefeated team, you say, yeah, they deserve to be. Like Buffalo, but that wouldn't surprise me. wouldn't surprise me if, um, you know, Green Bay was undefeated at this stage. But the Eagles, that, that totally stuns me that they're undefeated at this stage of the season. True, but think of the win they had. They got an upstart Jacksonville team with Doug Peterson coming back, and they led the Jags led 14 nothing. Yeah, no. and, and Jalen Hurts threw a pick six for one yep. of those touchdowns, and they came back to win that. You know, here's the thing with the Bills that's interesting. I don't think they're front runners, but they haven't won anything yet. And there's a history in Buffalo of going to four Super Bowls and not winning, right? But when I, I have to look at them as front runners because when everything's going their way, they're dominant. They look unbeatable. And this is what's made what made what differentiated the 20-year Brady run at, with the Patriots and everybody else. The Patriots won when the games were tough. They had front running wins in 2007 and a lot of front running wins. But when their backs were against the wall, Brady came back and delivered. Mahomes does that now, Bob. That's why your comparison was legitimate. Josh Allen started to do that last year, and that's why he was in the MVP conversation. But we got to see more of that. We got to see games they have no right winning and them winning. That's how you win championships. You're not going to cruise through a whole season. Patriots didn't even win a championship in 07 when they cruised through a whole season. Baltimore, they're down 20 to three on the road and they come back and they win the game. That, that, he showed me a lot in that game. Could stay with, say what you want, even though they, they've lost uh, two comeback uh, games at home to the Dolphins and the, in the Bills, that's still a pretty good football team. It's Baltimore. a much better football team than we, yeah, than we got here in Fox, in, in, in Foxborough. Yeah, I think you got to give Lamar Jackson credit because he when is a guy, unbelievable. When a guy's playing in a contract year, they, it usually goes one of two ways. He usually grips the bat too tight or the ball too tight. Yeah. Or he performs and he's performing right now. Did you see the stat? He was the MVP um, two years ago, right? Did you see the yeah. stat? Yes. From the Patriots game. The week before, uh, who played them? The Dolphins and beat them and they blitzed them. And his, st- his stats were unbelievable against the blitz. So the Patriots decided to blitz him. And I believe these numbers are right. They blitzed him 14 times, they sacked him twice on those blitzes. Of the 12 passes, he was 11 of 12 and four touchdowns when they blitzed him. Good idea to blitz him, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Worked well. But I'm saying you got to get to your point, Mike, about them being a contender. Well, what if that kid takes him to the playoffs? What if he gets to the championship? What if he gets to the Super Bowl in a contract year? Whew. <laughs> There's your story right there. Hey, well, you know what we got coming up the next couple of weeks? Bruins open on October 12th down in Washington. The Celtics open on the 18th as they host uh, the 76ers. Yeah. And a whole bunch of questions surrounding the Bruins. I know, Lynchy, 
I know you're a hockey fan. You're a college hockey fan. I know that it bores you, but we've got a couple I of good storylines. I'm, 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 I'm doing this for both winter sports. Yeah, I know you don't, you don't think they matter during the regular season, but just, I'm excited to see what the Bruins can do with a new coach. They're not going to have Marshan, Grizzlick, or McAvoy. Taylor Hall is out, so we've got that yep. storyline. And you've got the whole – and we haven't even talked about the Celtics and Ime Udoka being gone and what they can do, so – a couple of things. We're sick of talking about the Red Sox. The Patriots, eh, okay, they're one and three. So if you're a Bruins or Celtics fan, at least you get a little bit of hope coming up because you've got a whole different, whole new season coming up for you. Is this too much of a stretch? It might be a blessing for a first-year coach to have three of his key players out to start the season because then he's got a chance to find out uh, some guys that might step up instead of being – the reverse, waiting for a guy to get yeah, hurt. Yeah, no question. You might find a player, right? Is that a silver lining? Maybe. We'll see, right? Don't put me to sleep, Butch. <laughs> don't put me to sleep. So you mean you're going to cancel Nesson until the spring, until the Sox yeah. come back? I don't, I don't get Nesson, so I got a YouTube TV. <laughs> you know what? I'm still fuming that they're not on YouTube TV because now I got rid of cable so I could save a few bucks, but now I also have Fubo TV. Well, it's not good for my liver because my wife, excuse to my wife, is I got to go down to the local pub down the Braintree Brewers to watch the game because we don't have it. I'll be right. I'll be right back <laughs> in three hours. All right. Thanks for watching and for listening. Are we done to this great podcast, Unanchored Boston? How come we're done? Coach Pablo Bell, Butch Stearns. My name is Hank Morris. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes, you can also me. go to our website, unanchoredboston.com. They could hire you guys. Folks, during the holidays, you want to hire somebody to come to your party? Hang on. Butch, Bob. Are we done? How come we're done? I'll tell you what, Bob. I'm going to call you up. Hey, Griffin. Right after we hang up, I'm going to call you up so you and I can finish the points that you have running you around. Six, six months to talk about Blake Griffin. Yeah. I still hope they sign Carmelo Anthony. That's what I hope. We'll miss you, Eck. We'll miss you. Hey, we got everything in, Bob. Guess we're done. Looking over this. (laughs) All right. You got the name of six quarterbacks here. (laughs) You've never been better, Bob. Wow. Unanchored Boston is a presentation of Unanchored Media, a Burke Advertising LLC company. For show information, visit unanchoredboston.com.